This is Guys Read Romance, where I, romance author Margot Radcliffe, politely strong arm my male friends into reading and chatting about romance novels with me for an uncomfortably long period of time. All right, today, Kevin C. is back. A short reintroduction. Kevin is an educator living in Asia for the past decade. He knows a lot about West Virginia microclimates, very specific historical facts, and driving on back roads. He's married to another podcast guest, Matt, and they, together they have an extraordinary number of fiesta wear pieces. He was nice enough to read another book and come back. So thank you very much, Kevin, and I'm excited to talk more romance with you. Thanks. It's good to be here. And I like the additions to the, the introduction. And we do have an unusual amount of fiesta wear, which I'm drinking from right now. Yes. And a discontinued color, I believe. So. Well, don't tell me that because anytime something's discontinued, I try not to use it. I've accidentally dropped something once before and I thought the marriage was over. So. <laughs> um, it's sure it's not discontinued then. I don't believe you, but I'm going to Google it later. Well, no, I was lying. So that's fine. <laughs> All right. So um, tell us a little bit again, tell us about what you usually read. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I usually read emails. I think is my response last time. I, I don't read a lot for pleasure. It's almost always work. Yeah. Like since we've last talked, I think there's been a lot of like little articles that's come out, like anecdotal things, but, but not, um, yeah, I don't read for pleasure. Really bad at that. When I do read for for pleasure, it's like sort of work related. Like I'm reading a book about English, which I might have been reading the last time we talked to, but it's like the history of English, the, the morphology, etymology of the English language. So it's really not pleasure reading, but I kind of find it interesting because as you mentioned, I like all those random facts about things. <laughs> I got just, but so in the interim, you haven't been scrambling to get your hands on romance. No. Okay. <laughs> to be fair, since we've chatted, I've had COVID, I've recovered from COVID, you know, the world's kind of gone upside down, but you know, hey. You didn't read it all during COVID? That yeah. seems like a perfect time to read. No, because I still had to work, you know, just doing it from home, which I'm not a fan of. And then I was only sick for a couple of days, but that was mostly just sleeping. That's it. I gotcha. All right. Fair enough. Okay. We're going to start off with this game again. Are you ready? You did win both games last time. I know. I worried I set the stakes too high, but let's give it a go. All right. If you lose, it's just so embarrassing. You know, I don't know how you're going to show your face anywhere. Worst case, I come out with an average of 50%. Worst case. (laughs) You know, I know that's that's math. I don't get it, but I... All right. (laughs) Okay, here we go. Are you you ready? Mm Mm-hmm. All right. She begins to make him, I'm sorry, this is a, the sex scene. So you have to guess if it's a man, if a man wrote it or a woman wrote it. All right, here we go. She begins to make him hard again. In a few minutes, he rolls over and puts it in as if the intermission were ended. This time she is wild. The great bed begins creaking. Her breath becomes short. Dean has to brace his hands on the wall. He hooks his knees outside her legs and drives himself deeper. That is the first one. Here is the second. He leans down and kisses me, his fingers still moving rhythmically inside me. 
his thumb circling and pressing. His other hand scoops my hair off my head and holds my head in place. His tongue mirrors the actions of his fingers, claiming me. Oh. <laughs> you thinking hard about it? I, well, I thought the first one was a man for sure. Well, we'll go with the gut. The first one's a man, second one's a woman. All right. Any reasons why you chose those? You went with that? I just felt <laughs> that men, I guess what men focus on is a little bit different. But the in the second one also, like, it was the point of view of the woman. And the first one was point of view of the man. But I don't know if... Gotcha. I don't no, know. That's a good guess. You are correct. The first one was James Salter, A Sport and a Pastime was the book. And then the second one was Fifty Shades of Grey by E.L. James. Well, it wasn't in the first chapter because I've read that chapter. Well. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe it was. I don't know. No, I don't think it was. But that's like pretty tame, I think, for Fifty Shades. Okay. Congratulations, Kevin. You win. That's three for three. I can give you some more Fiesta wear from my collection as a prize the next time you're in the States. I'm going to take you up on that. <laughs> you want more? Well, we do have it divided across two continents, so we have to have double of everything. <laughs> I think we only have a place setting for 20 people. You know, right now, we there's still a few colors out there. Oh, gosh, there's so many colors. All right, so here we go. Today, we are talking about the book, The Lights on Knockbridge Lane by Roan Parrish. About the author, she has gotten a starred review in Publishers Weekly. And this is the third book in the Garnet Run series. And this is the first ever queer romance in a Harlequin series line. So this is pretty big news for readers of Harlequin. You know, of course, one of the biggest romance publishers. And this was a special edition romance, which is one of their major lines. And so for this to be the first one ever in print and paper was a big deal. So pretty cool. The book description is just a little bit about the book. Raising a family was always Adam Mills's dream, although solo parenting and moving back to Tiny Garnet Run certainly were not. After a messy breakup, Adam is doing his best to give his young daughter the life she deserves, including accepting help from their new reclusive neighbor to fulfill her Christmas wish. Though the little house may not have the most lights ever, the mill's home begins to brighten as handsome Wes Mowbray spends more time there and slowly sheds his protective layers. But when the eye-catching house ends up in the news, Wes has to make a choice. Hide from the darkness of his unusual past or embrace the light of a future and a family with Adam. All right. So it is definitely a holiday romance. And so taking, keeping that in mind, so what were your first impressions of the cover, the summary? Tell me some of the feelings you had before you started reading. Uh, well, first, I just want to like acknowledge how cool it is that Harlequin has a gay book and it's lineup now. So I think that's a huge celebration and um, mm -hmm. I, really good for the company. So, so good for them. And yeah, Harlequin this, actually this is... has a whole digital imprint called Karina Adores that's all... Um, queer romance so but this was the first so that's that that in itself is actually pretty cool but th this was the first one in their like mainstream like the harlequin line like the books you see on the shelf at like walmart or whatever yeah very cool as well for sure well as a as a young gay kid that would occasionally go to the kmart and see the harlequin novels 
it would have been really cool to have seen this book on the shelf. So, so again, yeah. kudos for them. That's exciting. But back to your question about, I think your question is what did I think of the cover? Mm-hmm. I loved it. It looked like it looked like a movie poster. It looked like a regular mm-hmm. uh, photograph. Two attractive men that, like you know, I think they were dressed in like winter type apparel in mm-hmm. front of a little cabin. Loved it. Uh, looked like a movie I would watch. I love that idea of a small town and, and Christmas. So and I think I mentioned last time I'm a big Hallmark movie person. It's just like a big hug mm-hmm. when you watch that. So I was instantly drawn in from the cover. Yeah. Yeah. The cover was beautiful, I thought. It was one of the nicer covers I've seen um, from Harlequin. I think they're really entering, especially special edition. I've seen some really just lovely ones. So yeah, it was... It was very kind of holiday Christmas time. And of course, I mean, there had to be lights on it, right? Because <laughs> lights play like a major part in this book. So yeah, I thought it was beautiful. I thought it was gorgeous. So that that make you excited to read it? Yeah, um, I was excited to read it. I was very, I mean, they kind of had foreshadowed, right? That there's these two men. Are they going to make it work? There's going to be some type of conflict around lights. And, and then just now when you're reading the summary, it was, I think there was a line like embrace the light of the future or something <laughs> like that. So it's a, yeah. I don't know if that was intentional, but a fun play on the words. Um, so yeah, mm-hmm. I told you like we knew they were going to get together because I've learned from our last podcast that that always happens and there was going to be a conflict around lights. So I was interested and engaged and yeah, like I said, I found the cover a very appealing and I'm all about the small town life. So it was, it was perfect. I know we'll talk about this later, but you've gotten kind of very similar ish books so far. So is this why, is this why you picked this one second is because it was Christmas time and I don't know. Maybe I just need to broaden my, my, I don't know what the word is. I need to broaden my selection. I'm sure there's a better word for that, but go outside is my that- zone. Maybe I just want to read things. I don't read much uh, for pleasure. So I do. I want, my, my dream is to move to a small town and make enough money to live and be happy. That's So maybe I'm just drawn to books that that's happening in. There's no judgment here about the books. <laughs> read as many Christmas books as you'd like. Yeah. I do love Christmas. I do ask about once a week, when can we put up the Christmas tree? <laughs> <laughs> it is funny because like Matt kind of feels like he's kind of a Grinchy type, you know, so I'm it, sorry. It, it does work well, though, because um, I love decorating for Christmas and he loves taking things down for Christmas. <laughs> and, and because we we often get to the United States, that means we have to decorate again. So I decorate twice uh, a year if we get to the U.S. And if not, you know, we just decorate once. But it's a win-win. He gets to take Christmas down twice. I get to put it up twice. That is the most positive spin on that possible. (laughs) I really love Christmas and he really loves it when Christmas goes away. (laughs) I I enjoyed that. Okay. All right. So second question, how did you feel then about the characters did you think they portrayed people you might meet in your regular life well they might uh portray people that i meet in my regular life but they're people that i would avoid and not <laughs> want to be friends with like i don't mean to come right out of the gate with that opinion but i i i just didn't like the characters the two main characters uh-huh yeah i wouldn't be their friend why? <laughs> Why is that? Well, one, I think Wes is 
creepy. And in here, <laughs> I wrote down some notes during it. Now, okay, so let me just read the, this quote here. So this is the beginning of the book, right? Wes had watched Adam Mills move in the week before through the periscope mounted on the side of his house. He might not have wanted anyone to look at him, but he certainly watched them. That That's creepy. Now, I mean, I think we know going into it, the cover, it's an attractive man. They say handsome Wes on the summary. So maybe that's meant to make it look a little less creepy. But like Margot, honestly, if you knew there's someone across the street watching everything you're doing from a periscope in their basement, that's weird. Is it? Don't, is it weird? It's weird. No, it's a cre- it's creepy. But you know, he also is just looking at the stars. You know what I mean? So uh, people later- people seem incidental to his stargazing. But then later he says, I saw you from my basement window. (laughs) Like this man is living in his basement with a periscope watching his neighbors. And he only comes out at night and his windows are covered. (laughs) I I probably will want, hopefully I wouldn't interact with him. But I, I, yeah, I may call me judgmental, but probably wouldn't want to like have a cup of coffee with him. Well, Okay, that's fair. <laughs> but I think that at first, right, they were, they did think he was creepy and they did stay away, but it was kind of like the chance encounters. And then once they got to know him, they realized, okay, he, yes, he's creepy, but maybe not in a scary way. Was Yeah, I mean, fair point. And I think, you know, the author's, <laughs> I think the author's point was to like kind of push how we perceive as being the norm or something, right? Because this character had a lot of involvement with like reptiles and spiders and uh, was doing these science experiments. And there were some really good lines in there about like, you know, society tells us that this is weird, but if society told us this was normal, we would think it was normal. So, so I do agree with all of that. But, and, sorry, I shouldn't say but, and I still think it's odd that he's a, he enjoys watching his neighbors doing things. Like, if he was doing all those things with the science experiments and the bioluminescence in the basement, but not saying things like, I'm watching you from my basement through my periscope, <laughs> I would have liked the character much more. But then there are a couple other things, and I, I think we'll probably jump into the relationship with his father perhaps later but even then there was a quote where he's like yeah i just told my dad he's a terrible human being that's not the exact quote but it's like i told my dad how terrible he is and it was his birthday oops (laughs) (laughs) like i'm not disagreeing his dad did some bad things but like to be so (laughs) casual like i just ruined my father's life on his birthday oops well especially since like that was like a major moment in the book of his like where he kind of finally comes to terms with whatever. But I guess I agree with you. I do think he's, uh, it was creepy. I also felt like he was a person with actual mental illness and it made me kind of uncomfortable to read um, for, <laughs> for most of it. And that's fine. It's fine if somebody has a mental illness and they talk about it in the book, but they didn't. And I felt like this is a person that has some sort of PTSD from his time in the spotlight. 
and he's not been dealing with it well at all. And it felt, uh, yeah, it just made me uncomfortable to read it, honestly. But that was yeah, my take. <laughs> I would, I'd be interested to hear your thoughts on, on Adam, because I have some thoughts there too, but I'll, I want to hear yours first. <laughs> I thought, I thought, I thought Adam was okay. I thought that they like, I don't know. I thought it was, I thought, yeah, I don't know. He, they seem to move into, I think there's a weird thing where if there's a child involved and they seem to rush into a relationship very quickly, which I felt just as a reader was, I thought it was maybe too quickly. I mean, I, I don't know. But it felt like that was a kind of a thing that Adam did. So I don't know. Otherwise, he seemed, they all seemed a little just, I don't know. Adam was okay. I'll leave it. Yeah, I, I wanted to like Adam in the beginning. Like, I, I did mm -hmm. like him. And there was a period where I'm like, stay away from the neighbor. Stay away from the, do you know that he's watching you? But then there was this scene where, and the context is, it's Christmas time and Gus, the daughter, has mm -hmm. told kids on the playground that Santa's not real, right? And this scene is what really just ended it for me for for Adam and, and kind of <laughs> the rest of the book. But uh -huh. but what happened was, and I have the notes here, and, and I get like I get that it's Christmas and this happens in schools across the world every year, I am sure. You know, kids know about Santa at different times. Yes. Spoiler alert, you shouldn't be letting your children listen to this podcast, but we're going to talk about Santa. But anyway, like, so, so the daughter has said things about Santa not being true. So then the principal calls, and this is the conversation from, from Adam. He says, yeah, I get it. My kid made your life harder by being a kid. But Gus isn't who your problem is with. It's with the parents who are bothering you. It's up to all of them what they tell their kids and when. But it's not up to Gus, an eight-year-old, to manage that for them. Part of living in the world is that people are different and believe different things. It's not bad for those kids to learn that lesson, even if their parents apparently haven't. I feel that we might have crossed over, and that's a bit bigger than Santa Claus. I <laughs> I think the author is trying to, to make some connections to other places, but, you know, and that, and that's fair, right? And we come up, you know, especially as a gay person, I've certainly come up against people who had strong opinions about my life and um, sure. things like that. And, and I think what happened is Adam's character was so focused on being right that he missed the opportunity to make it right. And I just kind of wish that the author would have like evolved that, like invited that person into a conversation and not make it like so, you know, righteous. And I don't know if that's the right word, but it was like, so I've got to make you feel bad for the way that you've handled the situation instead of trying to help you handle the situation. And then it even goes on. Something about having, I, but I imagine if it wasn't about Gus, they'd be calling you about something else. And I'm absolutely not going to ask my daughter to lie, period. I don't see this conversation bringing about any more useful solutions, so I'm going to end it. And again, it's just kind of like, gosh, you know, talk about useful solutions. 
I don't feel that his character was offering any useful solutions either. And, and don't get me wrong. Like, I'm not saying parents should tell their kids you, you have to lie about Santa. I, I just think that there was a, a learning opportunity here and and it was missed. And the author could have modeled, like, because people reading this book presumably are encountering things that are not fair and not right. Um, could have modeled a way to, like, bring people into the conversation and not not push them away. And, and I know I've gone on a rant about it, but that was the end of it for me with Adam. And after that, I'm like, go ahead and marry the guy next door. You're good. <laughs> you deserve to be yep, married. You're perfect. Done. May you live in the basement together forever. That was a moment for me where I was just like, I, I thought you would probably comment on it. <laughs> um. Well, and then she goes on and she gets ice cream for a reward. <laughs> right? I don't. I yeah, so, yeah, but now, uh, to to the author's credit, and I don't know if, if the author is listening, but they they do try <laughs> to address it later, but it's kind of missed the point, you know. Like it's already yeah. it's already been done, you know. It, it it felt flat. I guess yeah, it just kind of felt to me like using Santa Claus to get across whatever message was intended just didn't. I just felt. It. It didn't work for me exactly. I just, but also like, I don't care if Santa Claus is ruined for other children. <laughs> so it was kind of a point that was lost to me. I feel like most kids are going to find out at some point. So like, are people, are schools really getting called about the Santa Claus? I mean, is that truly a thing that like, that's the thing that parents are up in arms about. Like another kid called, told people, told told kids that Santa Claus wasn't real and you're going to call the school. I mean, like from what I hear from teachers, like parents are not, like they would like parents to be more involved. So the idea that they're just calling in droves to complain about one girl in one class telling a couple kids that Santa Claus isn't real, real seemed unbelievable to me. Yeah, I mean, I think that was just a veiled <laughs> attempt of, bringing up a sense of social justice and my experience in education, people aren't calling. And I think if, you know, your kid came home and said, I, I heard Santa's not real. That's a conversation you're going to have in the home. And yeah. that's my point. Like I would hope that adults would model this conversation and have that with their child and, you know, wherever the family ends up, that's the family unit. But right. I don't, yeah, I just, it was, I don't care about the Santa piece. It's just, I it was so like, that's how you handle this. That's how, that's your response. Like there's no solutions. I'm ending this now. <laughs> I just can't imagine as a person in a professional job to call a parent about their kid telling other kids that Santa Claus wasn't real. Like if that's the, like what you have to do with your time, you are not doing your job, I don't think. Because, <laughs> I mean, you should definitely have better things to do. Yeah, well. and I think the phone call would be like, hi, I uh, just wanted you to know your daughter was telling people it's upset some people. So that might be a conversation you have in the house about how other people feel, the empathy, blah, blah, blah. But yeah, I mean, you might have that conversation. But yeah, anyway, just for me, it was kind of like, okay, yeah, I think you're perfect together. Yeah, there was a lot of messaging in this book and and that's fine, but it did that was a point where I also had just was kind of like, okay. <laughs> just like, okay, I get it. I get it. Anyway, all right. 
So the answer to those questions is how did you feel about the characters? You felt badly. (laughs) I don't want to say I didn't necessarily like the book. I just didn't relate to the characters. Sure. And then did you think that they portrayed people you might meet in your regular life? Yes. Hopefully not. Hopefully not. Fair enough. But I mean, to be realistic, I would like to avoid most people in my regular life. So it's not saying much for me anyway. All right. I didn't mind them, to be honest. And I did think that they're, and we can talk about this later. I did, I liked their conversations together. It was just kind of what they did separately that was like, oh, I don't. Okay. But anyway, all right, moving on. Did you think that the dialogue was realistic? Do you think that's how people talk to each other or how guys flirt with each other? Yeah, I thought the the escalation of, you know, flirting was was good. I thought to your point you just made their their dialogue with each other was natural and flowing and I I I remember one of the most re, uh, redeeming elements of, of Wes for me was the cake pan. I think they're looking for like his grandmother, like these cake pans that had the, oh, or yeah. pie pans that had recipes yes. in it. And, uh-huh. the, and the pie was terrible, but the whole, that whole thing was, was, was nice. I think you've really captured my thinking as well. Like I didn't like their character traits or personality traits maybe, but their dialogue between the two was, was well-written. Yeah, I thought that when they were together, it was really sweet. And I thought that up until the point Wes kind of was triggered by the news cameras or whatever, that like the they communicated openly with each other. And that was nice to read. And yeah, and I thought that I thought Wes was really sweet, despite being kind of a stalker, I guess. And yeah, I agree. I thought the the dialogue was good. Okay. Did you find the writing style compelling? Or did you Um, have any thoughts on it, I guess? Well, I don't know if this will answer the question or not. So feel free to to ask me again if I don't get to it. But there were, for the most part, the book was easy to read. There were a few things that were just a bit clunky that I feel like it could have been caught in editing. And like one of the notes I wrote down was, was this sentence, which I still don't quite understand. <laughs> um, it was thus who River had confided in Adam had confided in River that she was worried. Adam was sad because he'd left his friends behind. It's just like, there has to be, <laughs> there has to be an easier way of, of, of saying that sentence. And I would give you a recommendation, but I don't, know what the, the intent of the sentence is so <laughs> um, and there was another time and i i this must happen but it also makes me think maybe the author didn't like the characters either but there was a time where so the context of this is adam is talking to wes about his dad right and it she says you'll change your mind his father had said it first sleep on it i know fame can be a lot of pressure adam had slept on it knowing his mind was made up I think she meant Wes. Like, I think she confused the names of the, the people. Or Adam had a secret life in the fame that we never were told about in the book. So, like, there were some times where I felt like the names were reversed. I think those two times where the names were reversed. And I'm like, like, and for me, like, who has an idea of the character, I'm like, that doesn't seem like the right character. So I'm, like, flipping back 
no, Adam didn't have this name. So there were just a couple things I thought were a bit clunky that made me stop and flip back. And when I'm reading for pleasure, I don't want to have to go back and forth and try to figure out what was happening, you know? Yeah, I I maybe stumbled. Now that you've mentioned that, I feel like maybe I did stumble upon one of those um, instances. The thing that I kind of liked was that the chapters were shorter and I seemed to like kind of zip through it. Which I appreciated because I otherwise kind of, it kind of dragged for me a little bit. And so I appreciate, like, and even in the chapters, they were kind of broken up sometimes a lot. So it just seemed to move the story forward quickly. So, I mean, I I thought it was okay. Yeah, I like the, the positive, and I feel guilty if that example is not the right example, but I still confused by even rereading it. But in hindsight, like, I did like that the... And I think this might be uh, a tool used in, in the genre, but like that you could see the two lives starting very separate and right. parallel and you could see them coming together. And it was mm-hmm. like fast and furious and, you know, easy. So I did like that. And to, to give credit also, like the characters were well-developed, right? You know, I, I had strong opinions, so that, <laughs> that was achieved. Um, yeah. And the, they were, I, I definitely understood both of them and could see what they saw in each other. So the writing style did enable or allow that to happen. Yeah, for sure. They were, yeah, the characters were well drawn. I mean, however it is you felt about them. I mean, you definitely got a sense of Adam and a sense of Wes. And she did a good job with the 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 child, Gus thought she did a good job with the workers at Adam's hardware store or whatever. So yeah, I, I do feel like there were instances, instances like the Santa thing where it was a little overbearing. There was a lot of focus on, I don't know how you felt about this, but everything was like, like the monster cookies and everything was very, I don't know the word for it, but just particular. You know, if that makes sense, like it wasn't just like a pie pan. It was like this specific pie pan that had recipes on it. It wasn't just a cookie. It was like a monster Frankenstein cookie. It wasn't just like a, um, you know, I don't know. I just felt like there was a lot of attention to detail. And and sometimes that kind of, sometimes that was nice. And then sometimes I just kind of felt like I can't, I don't need, I don't care about what cookies they are. You know what I mean? I don't know. That was just kind of how I felt after a while. Yeah, I I find that I think as an author, that must be a really delicate balance because I, I personally like the pie pan story because when I'm reading a book, I, I don't like it when I'm just told what's happening or like it's like a summary of a scene. I like it when they're conveying the emotions and the thoughts through another thing and I'm inferring or I'm gathering that, painting my own picture in my head. And I thought like the the pie scene allowed that to happen. Um, mm-hmm. But then there were times in there where it was like very scripted. Like I sent them a heart emoji. Then they said this and I said this. And I was like, you know, that's a bit like, like I could just make this not a paragraph and just make it a bulleted list, you know? And I, I, I don't, I'm not a fan of that, but I do feel like the, the author did a balance of, of both. And I, you know, monster cookie, uh, yeah, maybe that's the, the child angle, which is a question I have for you. You've said that you, you liked the child. Um, mm-hmm. Can you tell me like, like 
Can you tell me more about that? No, but like, I'm just curious before I, I share my thoughts about the child, or maybe we're out of order here, but like, I was surprised that you liked the child, not because of the author's, author's and author's development of the child, just because it was you that liked the child. So, um, like, hey, was- I enjoy children. Um, yeah, let's talk. We'll talk about that um, later when we talk about secondary okay. characters. Okay. So right. sit tight, little bear. Right. Okay. All right. Okay. So the uh, this is a good question. Did you feel that there was true chemistry between the heroes? And did you believe that they were in love? Going back to what I was saying earlier, I felt that they were definitely like the flirting and that like, does he like me? Do I like him type thing was well-developed and authentic. I felt that they definitely complement each other a lot. You know, um, Adam was very outgoing. He's on Instagram. He's posting these photos. He, um, a photographer. And, but maybe because of what's happened to him, wasn't feeling quite so strong. And I felt like Wes was really strong and determined and focused in his work but was afraid, you know, to be outside. So I felt like they complemented each other very well. And I felt like they needed each other very well. Um, Mm -hmm. Were they in love? I don't, I don't know. Like maybe they would be in love, but I felt that I, I I was just in the world. uh, I wasn't there yet. Like I felt like maybe in book two, they would be in love. But in this book, I was like, they definitely complement each other and they definitely need each other. But right. maybe to what you were saying earlier, like I do felt there were some things that were unresolved there. Like, you know, Wes's reaction to the photographer, or the, the, the news reporter was quite strong, which valid, okay, based on his, his uh, the history that we know about, probably should talk to someone about that. So I think my cautionary flag was up, like these two are great, but they need to, to work through. I mean, I don't think you solve that childhood trauma a day or two, right? So I think that I think that was my. So maybe they're in love with each other, but I think they need to work some things out. Mm-hmm. For sure, um, I did think that they. Yeah, I thought that they were they were in love, and I thought that I thought there was. I thought it was nice the way Wes was with Gus. I thought that whole through line of Adam's first boyfriend not kind of wanting to be. Gus's dad and then Wes kind of stepping in even though it wasn't necessarily his comfort zone but kind of warming to Gus and becoming kind of a mentor to her or just a teacher to her I I thought that that was a nice way to like see his growth right and that and it was the exact thing that Adam needed right somebody who he could count on to take care help him take care of this kid but who was also just like a kind person I like I said before I thought that the conversations they had together were nice I enjoyed their interactions but yeah I do I do think that Wes I mean he hadn't talked to anyone and to be TBH Like having some attention as like a famous person, I'm sure can be traumatic, but like, how are you? I mean, like, this is a person who has, he doesn't even have a job really. I mean, he does, he has no purpose. He's just kind of working on these bioluminescent plants for like fun, I guess. And so like, he is clearly what seems to me like, I am not a psychiatrist. I am not a psychiatrist 
colleges, but as so I'm not like making a diagnosis on a fictional character, but it does seem as if like this is a person who has true mental illness and has not kind of dealt with it. And a phone call to your dad to say, happy birthday, you suck, is not enough to deal with whatever is going on there. It wasn't just like my windows are dark because I'm growing bioluminescence. That stuff was in the basement. I didn't really understand. And like, he was clearly hiding from the world. And I, yeah. So Adam needs to like get that guy to a a therapist. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think that's where the love question came in. I guess you can still love, there is still a love, but I think I was just worried about the longevity of this fictional relationship because I felt like there's some unresolved things there that could resurface and and sabotage it. Um, But you did say something that I agree with 100% that Wes's relationship with Gus. In fact, I would say... And, you know, based on this book, right, um, <laughs> this fictional people, Wes 100% loved Gus. I felt mm-hmm. like his interactions towards Gus showed more love than his interaction towards Adam. Really? How do you suppose? Well, that you know, going to the, the oh, I think. The school, to, right? Going yeah, to the school, one coming out of the basement, right? Uh, yeah, sure. And going to the school and presenting and just sharing Mm -hmm. that love of things that are quote, quote, odd, you know, Um, and the way he interacted with her, I can't remember. I don't have a lot of examples on that, actually, because I just kind of had that aha moment during our conversation. But I just felt that he approached her in a very fatherly, interested way. Yeah, I, I thought I thought that relationship was portrayed more genuinely than the ones between the two adults. That's interesting. Yeah. And yet you still did not like Gus, which we'll get to. It's not that I didn't like Gus. I had a difficult time seeing her as a child. (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough. Maybe that's why I did enjoy her. (laughs) No, kids are great. All right, let's move (laughs) moving on. All right. I, I, though I, Though I have to say, like, regardless of the character, I I felt it made me happy for them in a way that I am not... Because I, I have to say, like, I, I felt the angst more in these characters than maybe I normally do. And so I felt kind of their isolation, obviously, Wes's isolation in their kind of sadness. And they're in this kind of like small town and, you know, he needs to get all these lights for Gus and it's Christmas time. And I, I felt their, just their need for other people in a way that I don't normally in other romance novels. So regardless of whether the chemistry was there between them on the page, I was happy that they got together you know what I mean and so and I'm not always like happy for people you know what I mean there's like a difference between I'm like, not happy for people <laughs> <laughs> listen it was it was a surprise for me that's why I'm saying it out loud <laughs> so anyway so yeah I will say that about about the two of them and they were these were clearly people who were searching for connection who had kind of been starved for it. And so that was nice to see. And I think the author did a really good job of, of giving that to the reader. Yeah. I mean, fair point. Like, Hey, I'm glad they found each other. 
Exactly. All right. So was the conflict believable to you? And basically I would say that like Wes being scared of being photographed was kind of the main, main conflict and why they, why they couldn't be together. Yeah, it was believable. I mean, I felt like it was, I was surprised like how intense it was, but Hey, like I, I am not one to judge. Like if he had this experience and he hadn't dealt with it and it was ongoing, then you know, I think that was probably just the, the catalyst, I guess. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think 100%. And, and I felt like the resolution was fair. He, he had this moment, a little baby PTSD to your, your point, but I'm not a medical professional. Yeah, he had the moment, but then he kind of reflected on it and gathered himself back together and he addressed it and they resolved it. And I, I thought that was, I thought that was, that was great. So yeah, Uh, I think the conflict worked well in this story. Yeah, it seemed to come... Wes's... The whole thing about Wes's backstory and his, like, he used to be a soap opera actor seemed to come very late in the book for me. And so at the point where, like, that sort of kind of triggered him to leave Gus and Adam... I kind of just thought, and and after having seen him already go to the school, and I think if he hadn't gone to the school, I would have kind of been, I would have bought the news camera thing. But we're led to believe that this Garnet Run town is quite small. And so I just, and he also saw, did he not see the news van when he went over in the first place? Because he gave river his jacket to leave so he knew that they were there and so like i just felt like why go outside if you know that you don't want to talk to them why leave now i was just very confused and then it all seemed to just happen very suddenly and i i don't know i mean i I accepted it i'm fine i mean like i'm not trying to say that it didn't work but it just happened all really fast and in a way that I don't know it just felt kind of tacked on there at the end yeah it was a bit speedy it was a bit convenient Mm -hmm. but another question that you just had me have was back to to Adam like I I don't know if I have a following on Instagram that's quite large presumably he does for his photography Uh would I post my personal home if I had a small child at it on Instagram to get all these people and mail lights to my address or whatever like no no I might put my house on there but I would never put my home address on there but I mean like on the other hand like if somebody wants to find your home address they just have to google it but like no would I put that no I mean I don't yeah, hi I'm a single dad that works and my eight-year-old daughter <laughs> we live at you know 312 Garnet Run Lake Road or whatever yeah maybe, maybe a bit of an odd choice but hey if makes the story work i didn't have that moment till now which again goes into the real person but wouldn't want to necessarily hang out. or if I, well, he was my friend i might be like you might want to take that down <laughs> i it, it was just one i want it was one of those things i thought about it in the moment i kept thinking every time he put out an instagram thing i was like oh my god nobody would really do this but then i was like it's christmas we'll make <laughs> everybody is like helping and like I'm I'm I'll be okay with it but yes it did cross my mind and I was just kind of if Wes Wes should have bought them lights 
at the beginning. Just, you know, the kid wants some lights. Get her some lights. You know what I mean? I don't know. If Do you know what I, I thought was going to happen was I thought the conflict was really going to be the ex comes back into the picture with a bunch of lights and that Wes was going to come over and see the ex and all the lights, but it didn't happen. Gotcha. No, sorry. They went with a internal, con- internal conflict <laughs> there. Yeah. In your opinion, was the sex satisfying and well-written and was it what you expected having never read sex in a romance novel before? <laughs> Since last time, I so last time we had some heavy petting and makeout. Yes. And this time, I I remember there being, you know, I think two sex scenes, maybe, which is enough. That's fine. The Uh the first sex scene, I I was a little confused by it, and I would love to hear your thoughts if you remember it. But like, the best analogy I can give is. I don't know if you ever like you're watching television, but you're on your phone scrolling through something, you know, and you and you suddenly realize you've you misunderstood what's happening because it was something on the screen that you didn't see or like maybe mm-hmm. it gave a time or a date and you you missed it, you know, and you don't you were only listening to the auditory, you, you weren't paying attention to what was happening. So you're a little confused. Uh-huh. That's what happened to me with that first sex scene. <laughs> like I felt like I was listening to the auditory, but I had no idea what was happening on screen. You know, like I, I where were there? I felt like their clothes were on, but their clothes weren't on. I I I, I was confused by the the first scene. I don't know. <laughs> as a mm-hmm. gay man, it's not clear to me the mechanics of what they were doing, <laughs> but. I mean, and maybe that was me. Maybe I am, you know, it was my first read. It was my first go. <laughs> so I'll take that on. Um, and the second one, yeah, it made sense. It was, you know, intimate. It was, uh-huh. it was clear. <laughs> yeah. It didn't evoke any feelings. Uh, it was just, <laughs> but that's nothing against the, the second, the second, I think it's just for me. And I've listened to your other, other podcasts as well. Like it was a part of the book. <laughs> Uh huh. Uh huh. Going back to the first one, I do remember it now that you've said that, and it just did seem like some dry humping. But the way it was written was confusing because there is a part where they are talking about the belt or like the buckle or like the button, and it was no, no, you weren't alone. I was confused. I thought, is this just what dudes do? I don't know. Maybe they like to have their clothes on. I don't. I don't know. So you were not alone. I didn't, I just kind of went with it. I was like, all right, sure. Um, Maybe there's friction there. I don't know. I don't know how that works. There was friction. That was the, the, I think the word they used perhaps, but I didn't understand how. Right. To don't, it was, that was like, it was like true sword fighting, right? Kind of, but. I don't know. I don't think, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I, I even went back and read over it. Oh. So, but did you think the second one was hot? The one where they actually have sex? I, I don't, I don't, I don't know if I would say hot. Uh-huh. It's not something that I've thought about after I read it. You know, I don't even no? recall it, but I remember understanding what was happening. But again, it was, it was just a, a part of the book. Uh-huh. So you weren't, if you had been in public, you wouldn't have been embarrassed. I would have been embarrassed because of the content. I think we talked about this maybe in the last podcast. Like I get, I'm 
pretty pretty shy about that kind of thing. But uh-huh. you know, I would just be nervous knowing that I was I would have been nervous just reading this book in public. And that goes back to some I'm sure I need to see a counselor or talk to someone. But but sure. um, I would have been embarrassed about that. But so yeah, I would have been embarrassed if someone was knew what I was reading beside me. But okay, well, you're not read now, so that's something you clearly, huh? I'm grow. I've grown. <laughs> you're making progress. All right. I mean, I thought the sex was hot. I thought it was like. I mean, I thought it was great. I mean, I enjoyed it. I thought it was romantic at times. I thought it added a lot to the story. The way that they were intimate with each other was a big part of the story. It was one of the parts that I think that I enjoyed the most. Like they were, they seemed to be very affectionate with each other generally. Yeah, it just seemed, and it seemed very natural between them. And so, I don't know, I thought she, I thought it was a good job. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm not, I, I don't really have a strong opinion. I don't, I don't really remember it. I didn't, I didn't. And now to be fair, I probably didn't highlight it because I would have been embarrassed to highlight it. So then when I'm looking over my notes, I would have, I, yeah, I, I don't remember. I remember it happening. I think it was near the end. Mm-hmm. Well, let me ask you this. Was it, was it more graphic or detailed than you would have expected or that you anticipated having not read? I think maybe slightly more graphic than I would have anticipated, but I didn't find it like offensive or anything. You know what I mean? But it was, it was a bit more detailed than I thought people might, you know, I think I kind of pictured it. uh, This I here's, I thought the scene might be like it was on television or a movie where you're like, you kind of lead up to it, you know, it's happening, but then it's done. Yes. Uh, There was a bit more details in the middle than I would have thought would have happened, but I wasn't like, you know, covering it up and looking and covering it up and looking, but uh, maybe, uh-huh. maybe a little embarrassed when I was reading over it. But. <laughs> and so did it seem like accurate to you? Like in the way that guys behave in, around each other and not accurate, but just like um, indicative of your own experience. I, I um, <laughs> feel like I should probably re- have reread the scene, but um, I, I, gosh, I really don't remember much about, like, Hey, nothing was like on the second one. Nothing was like, what? No, that would never happen. Okay. You know, right. yeah, it mechanically it seemed to work well. Um, right. that answers, yeah. that's fine. I will, I will not make you answer any more of these questions. I'm happy to answer. I, and we can pause it. I can go back and find it and reread <laughs> that scene. Uh, I just, no, it makes sense we're reading a romance book. I should have probably been uh, more aware or ready for that question. It's fine. It's fine. I You answered the question, really. Because, like, I, what I'm most interested in is, the, is it, like, what, you know, I think that a lot of times people that, like, you know, we get that old lady porn thing all the time. And so, like, what is the sex and romance? And a lot of times it is the closed door, like what you said. Like, you lead up, you've got making out, and then you're they're about to have sex, and then the door closes, and then they wake up, and they've clearly had sex. So, like, right now, things are... Sex is very... I mean, like, of course you have varying degrees of, of graphic 
of whatever the level of graphic language and sex scenes are. Um, and this one was pretty, I mean, I mean, this is Harlequin. So I think for Harlequin, it wasn't super graphic, but it was definitely detailed. And so I'm just trying to get a sense of what they kind of think that the sex is going to be like in a romance novel. Well, you know I, I, mean? I can say this from the gay lens. Like, I think one of the things I appreciated about it was it did seem loving and more typical of mm-hmm. uh, like an intimate interaction. Right. I, I think sometimes the gay community, there's this perception of sex being kinky or fetishy or mm-hmm. um, I don't know, more, I don't know what the word is, but like a graphic more, I don't know, <laughs> more like perverted. I don't know what the word is, but I think sometimes <laughs> like people right. view gay sex and they think of it as being not emotional and they right. think of it as being, you know, very like dirty, raunchy or mm-hmm. that kind of thing. And this was like a loving event between uh-huh. two people. And yeah. I felt like that was captured very well. Yes. I mean, I think going into it, I anticipated there being some colorful language. Um, so uh-huh. I wasn't surprised when I saw it, but I wasn't like amazed or appalled or I didn't have like strong feelings. I thought you know, I liked, I guess I just liked the notion of the way it was written more so. Yeah. I wasn't I didn't find it like as a turn on or whatever. I just was like, this is a loving moment. I'm glad this is here. I'm glad this is seen as normal. And I, I moved on. So I think I saw more of a, a positive for promoting a positive image of gay people than mm-hmm. the, what the sex scene was. Awesome. Yeah, I felt that way too. I felt that it was really sweet. And I thought, yeah, I thought she did a good job. So, all right. Awesome. So did this, speaking of, did this whole book kind of deliver like romance the way you assumed going in? Did it feel like romance? Yeah. The two people, we knew they were going to get together. There were these moments of the the, the buildup of finding out they like each other, the flirting, the sex scenes that that wasn't there in the last book. And then they got together in the end. But to be fair to the last book, and I think we're going to talk about that at the end, but to be fair, to the, like they didn't need the sex scenes. So, so yeah, it delivered everything. I actually, the book, my only, my only beef with the book was just that I, I just didn't like the two main characters, but I did like, but I liked a lot of the other things, right? I liked the lead up. I liked some of the storylines. I liked, there were some quotes in there that I thought that they did a good, uh, that the author did a good job of, you know, normalizing. Like, I like how the author focused on trying to make the unnormal normal, right? And it's just the society's perception of what normal is, and we can shift that. So there were a lot of like, and I even like the advocacy piece uh, that was lying inside the, the theme of the book, but had some questions about how it was addressed. But I liked all a lot of the book. Um, I felt mm-hmm. like it was a general romance novel how i imagine they would go there were a lot of connections that the previous to the previous book so i would say it delivered 100 percent. yeah just i don't want to have coffee with wes and adam that's it <laughs> fair enough yeah i thought it was a lovely romance i loved this idea of the lights i love how i like i said that they were both kind of there for each other i i just thought that like every scene just kind of felt a little cozy, it kind of felt just lived in. They, they kind of just felt like they formed a family very quickly. And I enjoyed that. I kind of felt like for a Christmas book, a holiday, a holiday book, it was just lovely. I, oh, I remember what I wanted to say about Gus and the Christmas. What were we talking about? I went backing up for just a minute. 
I wanted to talk about how they didn't have presents for Gus on Christmas morning. WTF. There's no, speaking of like not an eight year old child. I mean, like you want me, you want me to like, and she's fine with it. Sorry. Because she's not an eight year old child. She's like a 40 year old author. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not buying it. I'm sorry. Just not. Anyway, all right. (laughs) We can talk about that when we talk about her later. But remind me, because that was a big beef that I had with this. I was like, first of all, you got her all those Let's not. Okay. And then they get her, what was it, a cat or a dog? And she's like, thanks. Yeah. It was a little pretty kitten. And she's like, whatever, give me this lizard. And I was like, I understand that you want to be different. But listen, cats are, you know, at least be appreciative of the cat. You saved its life. Well, I can't because she's like, this is what I want and I'm going to do it. Like, I'm like, da, 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 da. (laughs) There was another, and you have to edit all this out. There was another thing about Wes that I wanted to say to you, but I forgot it until just now. It was the creepiest line where she's holding the leeches. Do you remember that? Yes. And he says something like, is it okay if it bites you and sucks a little bit of your blood? (laughs) Well, I mean, that's what leeches do. I know. Yeah. So you you ask the next question. I want to find this. You have to edit it out. But I just feel like I have to tell you. Oh, here. Here's the thing. Leeches are much cuter than hamsters, he said. Adam laughed until it was clear Wes wasn't kidding. Can I hold a leech? Gus asked. Wes said, if you do, it'll bite you and suck your blood a little. Are you okay with that? (laughs) To an eight-year-old girl? (laughs) No! And and I want to call social services. Adam, get your child out of this house. Get get her out. This is not... He lives in his basement as a grown adult man with a periscope staring at people. And he's wanting your daughter to put something in her hand that will bite her and suck her blood. Get her out. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah. There are a lot. and, And frankly, like... Look, I get it. I get the messaging. I got it loud and clear. I felt like maybe I was getting a little bit beaten over the head with it. Like, also, tarantulas are dangerous, okay? <laughs> They're just dangerous. I understand. <laughs> I understand that you want to have a tarantula, whatever. Because there's a difference between, like, a snake that's not attractive and a tarantula. So, like, just, like, let's not pretend that it's just about let's have a care for things that aren't traditionally attractive because there's a whole host of other things that don't suck your blood that are out there that could be the choices for her to like be infatuated. So just come on. Yeah. The author was so extreme in the book the whole time, right? With the Santa Claus thing, with the choice of the animals and let's not even talk, because this is like, I don't want to sound like I'm a real simple person, but like, none of this bioluminescent shit's real, right? Like, so it's a little bit of a science fiction-y thing, right? Like, could you not have been working on a way to like capture like carbon? I mean, I guess that she was trying to tie to the lights. Honey, that connection didn't need to be made. Buy a fucking strand of lights from Walmart and give it to him if you need to. Like, make that the thing. I went out in public and bought this for you because I love you that much. But like... <laughs> 
But also, if if she wants lights so bad, you knew it the whole time that they wanted lights. If you're going to do this bioluminescence thing, do it like four weeks ago before you screw it up. That's the nice thing to do. Oh, you're looking for lights? You're soliciting for lights across America and giving away your address. Meanwhile, the guy next door who you're sleeping with has just a whole shit ton of lights somewhere. And somehow he's not offering those up. But... <laughs> Until he well, screws up. It's ridiculous. The other thing is, this guy that lives next door and is like weird as shit also has his online internet weird friends too that he like <laughs> coordinates things with, right? Pedophile ring. <laughs> and here, hold this animal. I want you to get used to things being in your hand and biting and sucking your blood, you know? Like, geez. Sorry, I know this is like the blooper reel, but God, I really am trying to be not as mad about the book as I am, but Adam, <laughs> like, I want to pull him in and talk to him. Listen, in West, stay 250 feet away from the school, okay? <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, he would have stayed 250 feet away from the school. I mean, normally, oh, God, yeah. All right, back was... to the question. I think we were on... <laughs> Secondary characters? Well, no, we're on. Did you find this? Think that this book was funny? Um, I don't know that I found it particularly. I, I don't know what I don't know. I don't remember. <laughs> any, I don't remember any. I don't remember laughing out loud. <laughs> yeah, I don't really find it funny. Maybe not. Sorry, for the right, yeah, sorry. I have nothing. Edit that out. The answer is. <laughs> the, the answer. I'll start over. I don't know what to say. I no. I'm all, I ask you, did you find it funny? <laughs> I didn't think it was super funny, but I thought that there was a certain lightheartedness to it. And I thought that Gus was sometimes funny. I don't I, know. Gus offered relief. I think her, I think Gus's naivety, naivety, being naive, whatever. I think naivety. Gus's innocence, how about this? Gus's innocence uh-huh. was lighthearted and fun. Uh-huh. Sometimes, and then sometimes her innocence was direct and targeted. But um, it wasn't, I don't think it was a comedy, but it was a light romantic read. Well, I think that some of the situations were comical. Like the thing with the pie was kind of funny, how the pie was bad. There's some other maybe like cooking thing. Oh, I thought that the fact that Wes rearranged the cabinets in alphabetical order was funny, but also what the WTF, why? Why? Doesn't make any sense. So I kind of like that actually. I, I you want everything in alphabetical order? I don't know that I want. I didn't like that everything was in alphabetical order. That seems silly. Although I don't cook, so I don't know how silly it really is. However, what that did, and going back to what I was saying earlier, I like when the author is able to show me in the story who the character is, and when he put everything in alphabetical order, mm-hmm. it was like instead of her saying he, you know, needs to have everything linear and da da da, like he put it in alphabetical order. To me, that says who uh, Wes was, right? right? So I liked it for that element. That's fair, but also uh, infuriating. And but I did think it was funny. You know, I thought those kinds of moments were were cute, even though that's crazy. Anyway, all right. I I did think it had a sense of humor. You know what I mean? The whole I think the author kind of had a lot of tongue in cheek moments in, in here. All right, number 10. So there were some secondary characters in, in the book. What did you think about them? 
So we had mainly Gus, we had River, and then really the two guys at the at the hardware store, which I liked them. They were nice. Yeah, I, I thought that hardware store was a guy and a girl, but oh, it's been it? a few weeks. Uh, it's been a few weeks. The hardware store, I thought they were necessary. The characters were minor, but necessary to, to mm-hmm. be the uh, thought process or the thinking partner for Adam. So they served their purpose quite well. River... I thought was one of my more favorite characters of the book. Mm-hmm. I was interested in, in, I would be interested in having coffee with River. I like just, they seemed, they seemed caring. They're good to Gus. They were dedicated to the cat yeah. shelter, dog shelter, mm-hmm. the animal yeah. thing. They were doing that on their own. Yeah. Uh-huh. So I, I liked River. Gus, who almost really was kind of a main character in, in mm-hmm. some ways. I liked the addition of the child. Again, I think I brought back a more accurate sense of a gay family. Mm-hmm. So I like that sense of normalcy there. Her actual character, I felt some of the comments she made were sounded like, you know, an adult. You know, I think sometimes hardware store, for example, that was the thinking partner for, for Adam. I felt Wes was a vehicle to deliver a message from the author or like when it was hard. You thought like, Gus was the person to deliver the message? Yeah, from the I felt like Gus, I felt like Gus was, mm-hmm. you know, the author had these themes that they really wanted to address. And Gus was the person who brought the statements out that sparked that conversation. So like she was a transition, she made transitions or she, you know, that maybe using the innocence of a child and out of the mouth of babes, children are maybe less judged on what they could say. So there were things that perhaps the adults didn't want to say and Gus did, but I thought that was an awful lot to put on an eight-year-old, right? You know, sometimes it, felt like she was an adult, not an eight-year-old. But if an adult was saying those things, I it would have been viewed differently. But when a child says those things, it, right. it gets addressed differently. I, I don't know if I'm making sense, but I liked mm-hmm. her role, her character. I just felt like it wasn't written from an eight-year-old's point of view necessarily. Uh-huh. Fair. I didn't really think that while I was reading it. I mean, I'm not around a lot of eight-year-olds most of the time. And so I just didn't even... I just didn't even think about that, but I can see kind of where you're coming from. I did enjoy her and maybe I did enjoy her because she did read older, but I, I like that just she did what she wanted, right? I don't know. I related to that because I just don't, I don't have, I don't have a lot of boundaries and she just kind of seemed to do uh, what she, what she wanted. So I like that. I, I liked her relationship with Wes most of all. Like her relationship with Adam, of course, was nice. But I did like that relationship with Wes and her kind of drawing him out um, of the house, like literally, literally and figuratively, right, was was nice, even though <clears throat> he was kind of creepy. Yeah, I loved her innocence, right, and her freedom to say whatever she wanted. And I hope that's reflective, you know, of... In the future, people can be more open and honest and authentic. Yeah, I like that part too. But yeah, you're right. I think that she was kind of a vehicle for some some messaging. But it, there was a lot in this book, so it was <laughs> it was fine. All right, so this book is written in third person point of view, with the viewpoint switching between the two main characters. Did you find that distracting? And did the did the point of view seem realistic to you? I never gave it a thought. Right. I, I I never I guess found it distracting. The, like you said earlier, the chapters were short. There was a limited number of characters. It was easy to go back and forth and, and in and out. Like 
yeah, I, I don't have any thoughts on that, I guess. Well, and it was interesting in this because it's this third person and she still labeled the chapters. So like Wes and Adam and Wes and Adam. And usually people do that when books are written in first person, obviously, because it's like what I and I. But I thought that that was an interesting choice. I just saved somebody time, but thought it was interesting. And yeah, and then, so the last book you read, I believe, was also the same. It was in third person with the kind of the head hopping. And but I mean, a lot of times books are not kind of the narrator's point of view. Um, well, I disagree. A hundred percent of the gay romance books I read have been written that way. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I'm glad it wasn't distracting then. So she didn't think of it at all. All right. Number 12, this is the second Christmas romance that you've read. How do you think it compared to The Beautiful Thing Shop, which we read before by Philip William Stover? That was another kind of holiday Christmas romance. I liked, like, you mean, what did I, what were the common themes or what? Yeah. I will, yeah. I was going to say, I like that there's small towns in both of them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which, in following up, we did discover that New Hope, Pennsylvania was a real place. Yes, and I hope to visit New Hope, Pennsylvania this summer. Uh I'm going to make it happen because I'm I'm in love with it. I'm going to go to the beautiful shop antique store and and ask to see Prescott. And Danny, wow, I remember that name. Anyway, so... You can give yourself some novelty smurfs, some antique smurfs. I'm going to buy myself... I think there's these little blue mice things, (laughs) and one of them has a red hat, and they live in, like, fungi... I'm going to, to buy one of those. Anyway, sorry, back to this. So I like that they were both, and they're both being in a small town, both had like these two main characters and these auxiliary characters, characters were there to kind of help them. I also like that being gay wasn't part of the book, right? Mm-hmm. And I think we talked about this in the last podcast, mm-hmm. but like the principal wasn't calling about them being gay dad or, you know, Gus wasn't being bullied because she has a, a, going to have two dads. Like that wasn't a part of the book. And I, I love that um, piece. You know, the other common theme is like two characters that need each other, finding each other, coming together and living happily ever after in the end. So I felt like there were a lot of really big themes. This one, as we've mentioned earlier, had a little bit more of a like a social justice type vibe to it or pushing the reader to think about things slightly different differently. And I don't think that the the other book had that. Um, but the the main difference for me, and I don't mean to keep going to this, I, I just related to the characters and the other book a bit more. Yeah, I want to go to New Hope, Pennsylvania. Right. Garnet Run, I'd drive by, it'd be fine. But uh, I'm not driving to Wyoming or wherever it is to, to look. That's hilarious. I, yeah, I don't need to go to Wyoming, I don't think. But I think the I think that she saw that this was an opportunity for a platform and she definitely took advantage of it, right? This is like a mainstream printed run uh, romance and she like went for it. I do think that. I don't know. I don't know that the people reading it are the people who need the message. You know what I mean? Because chances are if you've picked up this book, that's not an issue. Like that messaging is probably something you're, you already understand, but maybe not. And so, so are you suggesting that like a homophobic person probably wouldn't pick this book up and read it and then have their opinion changed because of the messaging? Maybe that is what I'm saying, <laughs> but you never know. Maybe. Hey, Hey, 
if just one person that happens to one person, then exactly. well done. And exactly. I applaud the author. Yeah, look, she took it. She took it and ran with it. All right. We'll come back to that in a second. But first, we're going to play the second game. You can go uh, four for four. I'm taking Fiesta Wear off the table as a prize for this one. You know, it's very dear to me. I can't just... Well, now the will to, to win is gone. But somehow the stakes are higher because this would make me four for four if I get it. Yeah. Okay, yeah. let's do it. I'll give you guys some more uh, cinnamon chips. You know what I mean? Or maybe I'll just come to your house and eat all of the Reese's cups from your freezer. <laughs> if you I, lose. I would welcome that. They need to be gone. <gasps> I see what happened now. All right. The great Reese's cup incident of 2022. Okay. <laughs> all right. Here we go. This is, uh, so you have to guess. I'm going to read you two passages. Just tell me if you think which one is literary fiction and which one is romance are you ready maybe it was because of how alive i felt so completely young and filled to bursting with the scary thrilling certainty my life was about to change in a big way that was number one number two sometimes i can hear my bones straining under the weight of all the lives i'm not living it's one sentence (laughs) sorry I think number one, I think number one, can you read number one again, please? Sorry. Maybe it was because of how alive I felt, so completely young and filled to bursting with the scary, thrilling certainty my life was about to change in a big way. I think number one's romance and number two is the literary thing. All right. You are correct. Number one was Sally Thorne, The Hating Game hugely popular romance and number two was extremely loud and incredibly close by jonathan saffron foer so yeah congratulations i will eat all your reese's cups you're welcome i'm not sure that they'll do well in the tropics like it just might be a pile of mud hey a melted reese's cup still pretty good you know what i mean all right good job all right so wrapping up well let's talk about so you have read two romance novels now the first one, like we said, was The Beautiful Thing Shop by Phil William Stover. So did you, we can talk more about similarities, but did you prefer kind of one over the other and why? Yeah, I preferred The Beautiful Thing Shop. I think it was a lighter read. The things I said earlier, it's a lighter read. I related to the characters. I wanted to get to know the characters more. I felt that the townspeople had a bit more involvement like there was a bit more of a sense of community there like mm-hmm. they had moved to this town and they've kind of been taken in by the innkeepers and the shop owner uh person and their partner so i yeah i just wanted to like i wanted to go i just still want even though i know it's fiction but i'm quite curious about this town now but i i wanted to live there and be there and, and know these people so i i connected to that and it was what i thought romance would okay i thought there might be sex scene in there but to what i said earlier like i don't think the book needed that actually i i liked uh-huh. it without it yeah. i thought there was still romance in the in the book um mm-hmm. but it was what i thought it would be in the sense of simpler plot like no alternative agendas, just a story about two people meeting and falling in love in a small idyllic town in America. Right. So I, right. I, I, that's my ultimate dream. I think I said at the beginning and they were just living it. So I gotcha. Well, it's interesting though, cause we did talk about when we were talking about the beautiful thing shop that like it took, 
it definitely took me a minute to warm up to those characters. And I feel like you kind of felt the same way. So it's interesting looking back on it and in relation to these characters, that those characters in comparison now, I feel like read a little bit more likable. You know what I mean? So that's interesting. Yeah, I agree. I think that, and again, this is my second romance. So I'm picking between these two things. But the thing that I struggled with in the first one, but I think this is maybe just romance and you can help me with this is like, they were so clearly defined. Like you could probably pull a sentence out of that story and ask, is this Danny or Prescott? And I would know who it was, you know? And I just struggled Mm -hmm. with that because I don't think that people are that square, but maybe that's what happens in romance, right? Because I imagine the reason it works sometimes is because people find it as in real life. And I think with my husband and I, like, he definitely compliments me, but it's just, I mean, so defined. But in hindsight, after reading this book, like I, I, yeah, I did. And knowing that this is probably a common theme in romance, I have shifted my thinking on that. But in the end with the other two, I liked, I liked them at the end as a couple on the, and the beautiful thing shop. The only character that I always thought was odd in that last book was really that ex-boyfriend jerk guy. But I think it's also good that every book has a, bad element to it right so i mean like a bad character yeah well and it is interesting because again there are some similarities like we didn't see like in the beautiful thing shop you know uh, danny was a rich person and prescott kind of was from the other side of the of the tracks i guess but kind of uh kind of had grown into an anal retentive type of person and danny was you know kind of fun loving but and we we saw definitely Prescott grow throughout that book, and not so much Danny, which we talked about. And then this book, I did feel like we saw such a remarkable change from Wes, right? And really not as much from Adam. Adam kind of started out as already kind of an emotionally evolved person, I think, uh, at least in so far as that like he was very open with his emotions and a, a kind of like a good communicator of how he felt. And on the other hand, like Wes was not good at, good at that. And so we kind of saw kind of Wes change and I get like, just not so much with Adam, but like, and now that I'm kind of comparing them, it did seem like, I'm not sure besides Gus, what kind of, and as I said, I, I enjoyed the romance. I thought she did a really good job of, of kind of telling that story. But as I'm comparing the two, I am struggling now to understand the connection between Wes and Adam, really. Other than the fact that Adam got him out of the house in return to life. Like, I don't know what Wes and Adam really have in common. Like, Adam clearly does not like any of the things Wes likes. He hated all of his creatures. He was a people person. He uh, doesn't understand science and is not interested in it. He, you know, <laughs> so like it now it's like, what did they, what did they have in common other than like caring for this child? And maybe like in a lot of ways, like that's enough, right? <laughs> but in comparison to the beautiful thing shop where they had collecting things in common, they could have conversations outside of them just needing to be with each other. So I, that seems kind of relevant at, at this point now that I've kind of thought about it. Yeah. And that kind of goes to what I was saying earlier. I think that they, the love of Gus was their common theme. 
I felt their relationship was that they did need each other and was convenient, right. but I just hadn't seen mm -hmm. that yeah. the love yet. Like I'm not, and again, these are fiction. Like my, remember my mom and grandma used to always argue about the soap operas they watched. I'm like, these aren't real people. Uh, I know they're not real people, but like, you know, I just, I, I yeah. hope that there's no engagement coming in the near future because I don't think that they're ready for it. <laughs> no, I think that this is kind of like a story of, you meet people at certain times in your life and that's the thing that you need. Right. And so I think that they were kind of that, they're kind of that for each other in this moment. You know, Adam is going to, has helped Wes get out of his life. Adam, Wes has helped Adam in this transition with Gus. And so, yeah, it's a happy ever after, but. It's a happy for now. Yes. Well, that's also a big thing. So it's fine. <laughs> All right. And so overall, then you you prefer the beautiful thing shop? Yeah, yeah, I I, um, I like that. In fact, I still want to maybe this summer get the other book from Matt and, and read that. Hmm. All right, there. I think there are three. So there's another one after that one. Baby steps, okay. Baby steps. <laughs> maybe the next podcast, if I'm invited back, could be book one. <laughs> yeah, I'm really shoving people away at this point. You know what I mean? I'm really like, no, please don't do me this favor. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> it's amazing. All right. Any last thoughts that you have about this book, about your romance experience? Any questions you have for me? This is your, this is your time. This is your time, Kevin. <laughs> Thanks, Margo. I... I don't have any. Um, I do like that I get these little assignments. I read this book over a, a break. We had a, a break from work. So I was traveling and it was a fun, fun thing to do. And I have another break coming up. So I'll probably find some type of for pleasure book to, to read then. So I, I like that you're pushing me into a new genre. And, um, and, and no, and I, I also find that I like it. I just, oh, I just good. I just don't take time to do it enough, which is about a lot of things in life. I, I, I'm working, working too much for sure. Cannot wait for things to return back to a sense of normalcy, but you know, I do like it. It is good. And it's good to have these conversations too. Yeah. Did you, do you find when you read this, is it, does it feel like watching a Hallmark movie? Like, yes, it's supposed to, it's supposed to be kind of like that, but does it like the same feeling that you get while like just kind of chilling out and watching a Hallmark movie? Is that what you get from reading these books or is it different for you? Um, more so with the beautiful things shop. If I could take the cover of this book and put it <laughs> on the little shop book, I think that would uh -huh. be the perfect Hallmark doing <laughs> The other book, I should say. I think that would be the perfect Hallmark image. Uh-huh. Yeah, no, it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful cover for sure. Yeah, I, I um, so, yeah, I mean, I'll be honest though. Like if I come home from a long day at work that's really stressful and I have a Hallmark movie on TV and this romance book next to me, I'm probably going to have a glass of wine and watch a Hallmark movie just because <laughs> it requires less thought. But sure. If I wake up on a Saturday morning and I don't have to go to work that day, I'm going to sit in a, a chair and I would read the book. All right. Fair enough. So you think that this is inspiring you just generally to explore more romance? It's inspiring me to find a life <laughs> where I get more time to take care of myself and read. And if I'm reading, it's going to be because the content is interesting to me, like a novel type thing. <laughs> 
<laughs> and that right. may be romance. I, I don't like I don't know, and feel free to edit this out, like of course, but <laughs> I don't feel like I need the sex part of romance, but I love the two people meeting and finding out that they love each other. I really like that flirtatious. And yeah. I think in the gay community, maybe, or maybe this is me projecting, but I think part of the thing that makes it unique is like, sometimes you don't know if the other person's gay. And sure. then you also don't know if they think, if they like you, right? So like that, I feel like that ambiguity piece in the uh -huh. gay romance is what I like the the most. You know, the, the sex scenes, I'm not gonna read it for that. I gotcha. So go backing up for a second. So you like not knowing that you like the ambiguity of having people like not knowing if somebody else is gay in the books? Or well, I like in the book when they first meet each other, they, they might not know, right? So there's that there's that discovery. Oh, they're gay. I didn't know they were gay. And then, oh, I kind of like him. Okay. Or like in the in romance, I don't know. Like I'm new to this, but I no. feel like I in the beautiful thing shop, did they know instantly? I feel I, like in both books they didn't know. There I feel that generally as gay people, it's unless you're uh -huh. like at a gay bar or a gay pride right. parade. Uh-huh. Or maybe Grinder, but I was married way before any of those apps started, right? So, uh -huh. so maybe my generation, part of the excitement was finding out someone else that you knew was gay, oh, right? Yeah. And I, I, I think that I like that element. Okay. And then knowing they're gay, well, do they like me? Do I like them? Right. Oh, okay. And then getting together. For me, that's the, the happy ending is the, the dating. Okay. All right. That's interesting. That's like another layer of what if. That's an, I never thought about that. Yeah, I mean, but. what if you are attracted, and maybe this is becoming more and more acceptable, but like, what if you hit on someone in their straight, you know, uh -huh. you hit on a straight guy? I mean, maybe now that things have shifted a bit, they might take that as a compliment that it is. But mm -hmm. like, I, I don't know, like, you know, we don't, I mean, there's gaydar, I guess, but it's not science. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I just never thought about it. But yeah, I mean, yeah, I can see how that would be kind of like intriguing and you don't know and... Fun. Well, I I don't really remember if I don't remember if if they did or not. Yeah, I want to say in the in the book we just read, there was a section where one of the characters is like, "What? So and so is gay?" Or I think Gus might have said something about my other dad, blah blah right. blah. And Wes yes. was like, "Oh, your dad's gay." Yes. So that like that I like that like how do they figure this out? And I gotcha. That's fun. Cute. All right. Well, it sounds like maybe you'll read more romance sometime. Not a Christmas one. We're going to get you regular old romance. All right. Let's do it. All right. Well, I mean, maybe the other books. Say what now? Uh, maybe it's, I again, I, yeah. Sorry. I was saying I might read book one or three of the other series, oh. which is probably, unless they're all three Christmas. In that case, I like them even more. But anyway. I don't know. I don't, maybe, I don't think they're Christmas. I don't know. I guess you'll see. And also real quick, or we can close up and then I'll say the other bits. Anyway. All right. That's amazing, Kevin. So <laughs> thank you so much for coming. I really appreciate it. It was a great conversation. I, again, such a pleasure to read this book. And, you know, the first, you know, as another, as a Harlequin author, it was fun to uh, kind of have this on the docket. And so, yeah, thank you so much. And so, Kevin, the only thing left to do now is for you to tell me that you love romance. I love romance. <laughs> I love romance. I love romance. <laughs> I love romance. Oh, romance, I love. <laughs>
<laughs> Alright, I'm gonna...